Warning, this podcast is rated f up for profanity, sexual violence, and potentially disturbing material. If I were you, I'd turn back now. Okay, Kev. It's part two. You had an hour to get warmed up. Are you properly lubricated? No. But we'll do it anyway. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Get off my goddamn computer, you fucking ant. That was like you and the cat in the pen. Get the right? mouth. Get the fuck out of your mouth. So uh, if you're new here, welcome to the Macabre Academy. My name's Hello. Steffi. Oh, we're introducing ourselves? Again, you never know if there's a new listener. Okay, hi, I'm Brandy. I'm Kevin. I'm here for inappropriate comments and not much else. Brandy, why do you sound like 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 a Karen? Because go back to the beginning and listen from the beginning. No. no. Don't start now. No. Actually, I feel like our part twos are way better than our part ones. A hundred percent, but you Google can't is. just... You can't just jump into a part two. You don't know what happened to a part one. Well, okay, so why don't you tell them what happened in part one? Um, we found out that Bob's a dick. We love the cop guy. I just don't Actually, know his name he right has now. a weird dick. From he does have a weird-shaped dick. It's small and weird. Um, he's definitely the murderer. Ooh. What is okay. happening here? Sorry. I'm watching poker on another screen. And it, this hand is insanity. Wait, you're po- while you're podcasting, you're watching poker at I the am. same time. Yes. Would you like to see a picture? Yeah. Might as well. He's, I'll te- I'm texting it to you right photo. now. Okay, fantastic. Let me get my phone. All right. So I'm going to do my best to kind of recap. Okay. So we have missing dancers from topless bars, and they also double as prostitutes. Perfect. They start finding them in the woods in shallow graves with two twenty-three caliber bullets. Bob Hansen keeps getting fingered in these cases. However, he's a twat waffle, and he always has a viable alibi. Twat waffle. Yeah. What's fucked up is he keeps telling these girls. Again, I left my fan on. Sorry, Summer. He keeps telling these girls that I've murdered and I've gotten away from it before and there are people willing to lie for me. And, and the cases keep getting kiboshed and, and, and put to the side and he keeps doing some bullshit and getting like no real trouble or time or anything for his bullshit. Sounds okay. about right. Yep. And then we have fucking superhero Glenn Flofey. So he's digging into Robert Hansen's past. We already know that he's fucking set some buses on fires, walked into a secretary's home and asked her out on a date and then came back a week later and raped her, right? Mm-hmm. There was another girl where he raped her, tried to take her to a cliff place because he's like, I'm going to kill you. I can't take you back to town. And she goes, no, 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 never happened. There was no rape. And he takes her back to town. So she was a witness when they found another frozen body in the same place. Mm -hmm. So she also positively ID'd Robert Hansen in a photo lineup because now he is on the radar. But every time they go to a DA, Bob cops a plea deal. Okay. 
or they don't take him seriously because he's a very famous local baker, businessman, family man, goes to church, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. So that being said, uh, Flofi turns up another case in Fairbanks, Fairbanks, Banks, Fairbanks, dating back to 1975. So Robert Hansen was also a suspect in the kidnapping and rape of another topless dancer. Big okay. surprise. Mm-hmm. The woman reported a gun being pulled on her by a meek-looking John who drove her against her will to a state park. Now, he then performs cunnilingus on her and then rapes her. And anytime I think about oral rape, I keep thinking about Anthony so well. Yep. Yeah, that intimate act of 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 being face to face with a lady's parts mm-hmm. and forcing yourself. There's just a huge violation there. And then what's even more fucked up is after he raped her, this poor woman is forced to suck his dick. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, we already rated this. We already blanketed this with like a content warning. So I probably should have done that earlier. So now I pulled a brandy. Oops. Because we're, this is part two, but blanket, blanket warning. Just turn back now. Turn back now. Yeah. Run away. Yeah. So he. I'm behind a shrubbery. Avoid the bunny. (laughs) Shrubberies? Um, okay, so he ties her hands behind her back and drops the bombshell that he was a pipeliner and he worked with other rapists. Which, okay, so he tells her a lie, but he says to her, you won't be a good n- witness anyway because you're a stripper and a prostitute. Well, she fucking shows him, memorizes this motherfucker's license plate, who was driving a shagging wagon at the time, right? Station wagon. Guess who the plates were registered to? Bob. Yep. I feel like Bob's going to be important in this story. Just uh, just a guess. Maybe. Fuck Bob. Okay. So this time in the case, instead of the problem, the problem was not the alibi. That was not the issue this time. What's the issue? So the case... And about the information of the assault was given to the police by a third party. Oh. Her name was called, uh, she was a Cheryl Messer. Now, she worked at the Rape and Assault Center. But the victim was swore her to secrecy about her name because she was so afraid that Robert Hansen would, in fact, find her and kill her. Fair. Yeah. So what, Yeah. But, I mean, that's harder to prosecute because it's a hearsay. Still right. fair, though. I mean. Yeah. But uh, she's terrified. Okay. And the trials are public. I mean, it's bad. So Bob is questioned about the assault. And, of course, he denied that shit up and down. Of course. Yeah. Well, this time, okay, he, he kind of admits it. Okay. So, uh, according to his version, he did meet a dark-haired dancer while his wife was in her, out of town. They were driving in his car when she informed him that a date with her would cost $100 while they were on the way to her place. All right. Well, apparently he's a fucking cheapskate 
gets mad. So he turns their asses around in the car and drops her back off at the Kit Kat Club. And she insults him the entire time. Okay. Yep. So like, okay, okay. Why did you pull a gun on her? And he goes, I didn't. I'm a convicted felon. I can't own a guy. Besides, you know, uh, I was in sewered fishing that day. So then he decides to throw an alibi in there. Nobody believed him, though. Okay, good. Investigators gave the photo to Messer of the rape and assault system, and she then took it and showed it to the victim, who positively identified Hansen as the attacker. She still refused to make herself known because she then divulged that she was a school teacher from the lower 48 and she oh. feared that the school district would find out that she was engaging in prostitution mm-hmm. and so she refused to be part of a public trial yeah and the da could not persecute the charges without eyewitness t- testimony right so without her they could not bring charges against him They did, however, since he was on parole for, I believe, the larceny charges or something, or the attempted rape. Anyway, he was on on parole one of the two times he was incarcerated prior to getting caught. Big spoiler. Um, He attempted to revoke Bob's parole, right? Because he says, I'm a convicted felon. Right. But the officer did shit, his parole officer. Oh, good. So his normal parole ended in 1976, just like it was scheduled. This this rape had no impact on the outcome, and it was filed away to collect us somewhere. That's fucked. Yeah. So they're still looking for bodies on the Knick River, because they found two, right? They found Short, Sherry, Morrow, right? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, miscellaneous other person. I can't remember if I said her name already, so I'm not going to get there. Um. But Bonnie Moorhead, right, she's still looking for her sister, Sue Luna. So she actually joins the search. She's got, like, horsebacks, horses and shit. She's she's riding through the woods trying to find her sister's body, right? Like, she's dope. Yeah, she's getting she's getting more and more convinced that she might be dead. And, and right. that sucks. And she's restless, right? There's no peace for her. She's depressed. Right. She doesn't know what happened. This, this is not good. Right. Okay. So... Fluffy, unfortunately, was not at the search because he was in his office with all these old reports. And he's reading through them and he's reading through them and a few blaring truths start to stare him in the face. There was a pattern and Bob always had an excuse for an alibi and he he had a sordid violent past and he always got off easy. Uh-huh. And what sucks is, is these alibis were coming from fellow pillars of the community. And when he was prosecuted, right, he never let his friends down. Model prisoner. Right. Mm -hmm. And then his anchor was his wife, Darla. Okay. So that's why all this shit happened when she was out of town. Oh. Oh. All right, so a little bit about Darla, right? This woman who had been married to Bob for her entire for his entire life and her entire life, and they're married. Okay, they both grow up in Iowa, and she was tall and awkward, and her bond 
uh, with Bob was that they were both outcasts, basically. Okay. And it was like a whirlwind romance, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, he asked her to marry her after a single summer together. Now, she had some sense and she said, uh, I'm going to finish my degree at the University of Iowa first. Okay. Right. So she's she's studying to be a special needs educator. Right. Mm-hmm. Bob at this time was taking decorating courses at the Wilton School. Okay. One of the ladies that I learned to decorate from at Giant Eagle, she had also studied at the Wilton School. Like you used to be able to get like air quote degrees in cake decorating. From oh Wilton. wow. Uh-huh. It's serious. But he was working at his father's resort, and this man was apparently overbearing and hard to please. Okay. Um, but Bob was, like, super ego, like, eager. Right. So Darla drops out of college so they could get married in the fall. And then they kind of have, like, this gypsy lifestyle where they're moving around a lot. Um, Darla finished her degree when they were in Minnesota, and she specialized in children with learning disabilities and speech impediments much like the ones that Bob Hansen had. Okay. Yep. Um, and Alaska was going to be a really good fresh start for them because both of them had very marketable skills on this right. new magical frontier, right? Even though he had been incarcerated twice before going to Alaska, Darla never wavered. She was a good Christian woman and her faith held them together. So... I don't know if you remember Officer Baker, but Officer Baker had been the interviewing officer of Kitty Larson, who we also know is her legal name is Cindy, right? Right. Who escapes Bob. Yeah. Okay. So Baker personally goes to see Flofi and explains that the APD fucked their shit up. Mm Mm-hmm. The pro- the evidence was not properly secured. The contender pistol was not properly secured. Um, even though there had been that option for the 223 ammo. Now right. he explained how the other officers slated Kitty as a liar. But Bob or Baker was adamant that she was telling the truth, and he knew Hansen was the culprit. And he was just hoping that Flofi could breathe new life into that case. Okay. So the all again, he has not met Kitty Larson yet, so this needs to happen. So Glenn mm-hmm. decided to consult a beat cop from the ADP. And his name, last name is Gentile. They walked the street of Anchorage and they were casually shooing um, hookers off of street corners. Right. Um, And it took them two days to find Kitty. She had been working in a massage parlor and Gentile actually knew her by another name. And they had a really great relationship because he got her off on, got her off of threat theft charges. Um, Her pimp was going to something about a pimp and money. And he goes, "Uh, yeah, if you just give the money back, I'm going to look the other way about blah, 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 blah. So she now has a really good relationship with this police officer so when you know gentile comes here and says like you got to talk to flofi she's like cool i'll do that mm-hmm. they had to do several cups of coffee in her hotel room though to gain confidence to talk to flofi oh yeah so she finally works up the cojones and she reports to the state trooper office 
to recant her harrowing tale of surviving Bob Hansen. And of course, it's sprinkled with her tears. It's just all over the place. Of course. Yeah. She she was very adamant, right? She goes, I never wanted to go to anybody's house, let mm-hmm. alone his. I was new to Alaska, and that $200 BJ was supposed to take place in his car. I wasn't walking into anybody's house. So Bob was placed under 24-hour surveillance because Flofi was convinced the next rape was only a matter of time. He figured the best way to beat this man was to get in his head, and he actually had several psychological profiles done um, for Bob Hansen. So in 1961, he was sentenced to a men's reformatory in Iowa after burning down that bus barn we saw in part one. Now, the, the doctor there noted him as having an infantile personality and maybe a social disorder to go with it. He was assessed again when he assaulted the secretary, and then his lawyer had him assessed in 1972. It was believed that he had a disassociative mental illness with memory loss that might have caused his criminal behavior. A compulsive personality with a thought disorder coexisted with periodic schizophrenic episodes. He disassociated in a psychotic way. In his youth, he thought that har- like he had thoughts of harming women that could possibly reject him. It was recommended that he should have long periods of supervision over several years with psychiatric care one to two times a week. He, this person thought that he would be difficult to treat successfully. Yep. October 1972, he was evaluated in prison and it was indicated he was improving. So he was released on parole the following year. 1976, he's incarcerated for the chainsaw theft and he met with Dr. McManman. He determined Bob had an episodic stealing problem, which was obsessive. This is where he started therapy for bipolar affective disorder, which is hallmarked by rapid speech, trouble concentrating, and poor impulse control. Manic episodes develop with a compulsion, and that's a manifestation of this illness. It was determined, though, like... I have very mild bipolar, so I have very mild mania myself, Um, but his reached far beyond societal norms. Uh, He was well-controlled on Thorazine and should be problematic for forever. And we saw Thorazine come into popularity at this time in Lunatic Asylum, right? Because it's easy to get a hold of. Oh, boy. All right, so... The idea was is that he wouldn't be problematic forever, that he would grow out of it. But treatment should be pursued even after he was released. It was also noted that the hunting he engaged in helped with the compulsions of his manic episodes. Helped a lot. Mm -hmm. All right. So the first time he spoke at a sentencing hearing was when he was convicted for the larceny. No. All right. And um, 
there's some like documentation from that hearing that says that the lithium in therapy was not a cure, but more of a suppressant for his ongoing condition. And they were going to throw the fucking book at him. So this is the first time we have Robert Hansen's words in his own defense. And he says, and I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to do Bob voice. Your honor, no doubt I committed the crime, but I would like you to consider my wife and two small children. I am the sole supporter of my family. I have a home. I own my own home, and now I will lose it. Since seeing Dr. McManon, there has been no problem. I am now in the lithium program, and I am able to talk without stuttering. Fuck you. Your honor, there will be no future problems. I have had enough problems, and they're hard enough on my family. I have been seeing Dr. Parker, and I have talked to him regarding my problem. It was a sex-related problem, but now that's all been cleared up. For the first time, I can handle my problem now. I don't feel like I have to take something out of the store. I'm ashamed of being here. I'm just asking for restrictions to help me keep things right. That's Bob Hansen. Technically, he's only standing there because he took a chance out of the store by slapping a receipt on it and just walking the fuck out of there. I don't admire the balls on him for that, though. Mm-hmm. So the judge, he's not having any of this, just like Brandy's not having any of this. He's like, dude, this isn't your first offense. And, and there's no way you should be granted parole without psychiatric safeguards in place. So he gets sent to juvenile correction center, but, but okay, this is how the legal system works. He appealed to the state Supreme Court because he said the punishment was too severe for a property offense. And since he lived in such a respectful manner, as is as Baker, he was released on the one year of the time served instead of the full five year sentence. Mm-hmm. So they finally ID the second body found near Sherry Morrow's grave at the Knick River. This one was Paula Golding. This was somebody that they thought might be on, might be missing, that he might have killed. And they used Deckard, Deckard, dental records to confirm this. Fluffy was the only person to suspect Hansen of the murder at this point. He talks to her roommate that had reporting her missing in April of 1983. Both girls had been dancers, right? I love the name of their club, ready? Great Alaskan Bush Company. <laughs> That's that's amazing. I uh-huh. love it. Just bug. That that was where the dance top was. I'm assuming they're not big on uh, wax in their bikini lines. Probably not. <laughs> All right. So Paula had been offered two hundred dollars to meet a patron for lunch. She was left in a cab, never returned. Also, investigators never found the gold heart pendant on her corpse, and her roommate said she never took that thing off. Okay. 
So is that two pendants we're missing? Yep. Okay. Those of us playing the home game. Mm-hmm. There's no heart pendant from Sherry Morrow and Paula Golding, who is found right next to her, is missing a golden heart pendant. So I guess they like gold. I'm more of a, a rose gold kind of gal, but whatever. Same. Okay. So the two twenty three caliber shell casing recovered from both graves, graves matched, and they were determined to be fired from the same weapon. So they really needed to fucking find that gun. Sherry's bullet that went through her heart was determined that it came from a reloaded cartridge. But it was too damaged to actually use for evidence. Of course. So I'm I'm hoping Kevin can help me here because I'm a little I'm a little lost on the difference between the bullet and the casing and how these bullets work. Okay. Um I can deter I give me two minutes, I'll be right back. Okay. Bye. Oh, we gotta get him. He wasn't ready. No, but I know we gotta get him because he said that's how I ended up with the thing on my butt. I mean that's all on you. We know things don't go in my butt. Alright, so we got elevator music going on. I gotta or maybe Jeopardy I do 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 I don't know. Do 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 Oh. And that's how I ended up naked in jelly cuddling a teddy bear. Damn it, he did it! God damn it. <laughs> I was sitting here trying to think of how to get you. <laughs> he caught me again. <laughs> I was so proud. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get him this time. He's going to go away. I'm going to come. Did you purposely leave for that? No. I had to I had to run inside and grab a prop. Oh, good. I should have okay. grabbed a bigger prop, but this is what I had handy. So this, see if I can get it. There you go. Okay. Right here. Okay. Can you all see this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is an unfired nine millimeter round. Okay. Okay. Steph is not looking for. I am reason. looking. She's looking at the way my camera is. I was actually like looking at your screen down here, like extra close. Yeah. This. Hold on. I I have a flashlight. Let's see if this helps. No, no, it doesn't. That made it worse. Well, you should have put it under your chin and went. So, the bullet part is the copper part up here. Okay. Okay. This part up here, right? Yeah. When you fire the round. The primer down here, which there's probably no chance of you seeing. Actually, hey, look at Mac having a good camera on their laptops. Mm-hmm. This gets depressed, sets off the gunpowder inside, projectile comes out, and goes into the target. Okay. Mm-hmm. After this part leaves, you're left with this, which is usually brass, but these are, I believe, aluminum, which is neither here nor there. Okay. So when you reload ammunition after you fire it, you're left with this part. Just oh, the silver part, okay. which is sometimes, which is usually brass. If you're reloading, it's usually made out of brass. Mm. So what you do is you pull the old primer out, which is the part down here on the bottom. Right. Mm-hmm. You yank that out. You put a fresh primer in. You reload it with gunpowder and then put a new bullet, which is the part up here, back in. Okay. Hmm. That's all I know because I don't reload my own ammo because I don't trust myself to make a sandwich, let alone reload ammo. So there's no way that that shell casing could have accidentally fallen in those shallow graves. 
right? Because that would have been closer to him than the victim. Yes. So he would have had to purposely put that in there when he buried them. Which is why I was confused when you kept saying casing. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, because unless you shot somebody in the grave and were just too too lazy to take the shell casing out. No, it, it seems like I, like every time they found the body, they were buried with the shell casing. And I couldn't understand how like the shell casing doesn't mean murder. They need the bullet. And it sounds like Bob knows this. So it's kind of like a... Right, because when you... Cause Inside the chamber of the weapon mm-hmm. is where the is where the is where the round stays before you pull the trigger. Right. You pull the trigger, round goes bang, projectile comes out this way through the barrel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is where all the lands and grooves are, which mar- which actually score the bullet as it travels down there, which right. is how they do ballistics. They match the lands and grooves to the lands and grooves inside the they, they fire two rounds. Essentially they take the round they found. Take the weapon, fire it, and then compare the two. Okay. Science. Science, bitch. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slut for some science. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a slut for some content, so. <laughs> you are. So that's how that works. Perfect. To the best I... of my to the best of my to the best of my knowledge. Which... No, that that helps like more than you know. Because I'm sitting here reading shell casing, shell casing, shell casing, and I'm like, how is that not murder? Mm-hmm. Like, why is that not good enough? What what's the what's the deal with these fucking shell casings? So why like is I said, that... he could have he could have shot them somewhere else and then thrown the casing in, or he could have shot them in the grave, been lazy, and not taken it out. I think I was reading one theory where it was hard without the bullets because anybody could have pulled the trigger on the gun. But then I thought, well, if you find the bullet, still anybody could have pulled the trigger on the gun. Yeah. I mean, that was just like a weird argument to me. Anywho, thank you for that. I, I, that really helped me, believe it or not. I really appreciate that when learning the things. I should have grabbed a bigger round, but that's what I had handy. No, it's perfect. So if you were on the Patreon video, I think you can see that. Definitely see the, oh, yeah. the demonstration. But the, the verbal description was very good as well. Uh-huh. So it helps. Okay. So now we have a list of 22 presumed victims. Okay. Flothy decides to go dig up Kitty's rape kit. Okay. Um, and, it, and the tampon was frozen with the sperm on it. Before he could get a search warrant to compare Hansen's DNA to that sperm, however, he needed more evidence for the fucking DA. <sighs> So he can't go on Kitty Larson's thing alone because the DA doesn't believe Kitty Larson. So even though he has all the circumstantial evidence, it's not enough for the search warrant. So he's like, fuck, how am I going to get him? Mm-hmm. So the next Brager, Brager, that is major and break as one word, Brager. Good job. Major. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the major break came when Flofi got the ADP report claiming that Hansen's hunting trophies trophies were you attacked by a moth yes i think it was a i think it was a cricket actually or grasshopper is it cicada right season my fucking pinky well where's your net if you were playing animal planet you would have had a net or animal crossing you would have had a net i'm working without a net what do you want from me here did it break you need to go back and craft something 
Actually, I just posted the code on our Twitter for my Eat Me Taco shirt in Animal Crossing. Kev, if you want to wear it. I need to make a go fuck, go, go fuck yourself flag for my island. Uh, mine's a, a black heart with a pansexual flag dripping down it. I love it. I also posted that on Twitter as well, like the, te- like the creator ID. So if you want that on your island, go get it. It's free design for me. Huh? Go get you some. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to see the screenshots on Twitter, Tadis, because I'm, I'm a, also a slut for some Animal Crossing. Just don't invite her to your island. She'll, she'll pluck it bare. I did. I, I raped your trees. I made 384,000 bells today. I still, I, I got up and I, I tried to buy the fucking turnips. And I missed the an turnip podcast. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. No, what you got to do is you got to time travel back, get the turnips, and then find somebody who has sick sick deals, sick prices on turnips. I thought you couldn't time travel with turnips because then they rot. I think you can do it to buy them, but not to like go, go and like sell change them. your prices. Oh, okay. I might be wrong though. I don't know. So wait, 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 wait. Isn't that like a theory in, in the science where you can't go back, but if you do try tra- time travel, you can go forward? I don't know. Oh yeah, there's a whole physics theory about that because you can't. Oh wait, change. no, you can travel. You can time travel back and buy them because I've done it. No, 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 in the game, but I meant in real life. Yeah, I was talking about the game still. Oh great. Okay. Well, mm. weird segue though. Um, my sister might get us set up on Twitch, so the Macabre Academy might start doing live Twitch podcasts, and I'm going to stream Animal Crossing. I'm just waiting for my next paycheck so I can buy the Elgato. So we're going to go on Twitch. We're going to go on Twitch. I'm excited. Okay. I was talking about rape, and then I went to Animal Crossing. Yeah, you did. That was a palate cleanser, I think. And I didn't cry so, at my own case yet, so we're good. Proud of you. So many bells. Makes so, oh, right. You got to teach me the bell market. But anyway, you know, I bought the, the shirt where it, market. It's, I'm bad at the stock market, which is weird because I own stock at the company I work at now. Oh, do you really? Oh, yeah, I pay, I pay five bucks a paycheck to buy partial chair, shares because I wasn't going to invest real money in that. Yeah, no, I won't invest money in the stocks. I'm like, you can have five dollars. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So the major, okay, major break. Hunting if you trophies. have $5, you're not doing anything with, give it to us. Yeah, right. Uh, true, right? I spend $5 on stocks every paycheck. The, the Patreon is $5 once a month. Then you get to play with go. games and do all the and things. We get, and we get way, you get way more value from it here. Yeah, I'm a yeah I love sending out the, um, the care package too, because we do an annual gift. Mm-hmm. And also, we have a current pledge on there. If we get up to 20 patrons, we're going to do another giveaway box of handmade loving things. It's my favorite thing to do. Yeah, Tara got one of those, and she sent us back the most beautiful cards because she loved our box so much. So, all right, we're done plugging Patreon. All right, let's do the things. Okay. Hanson's hunting trophies were reported stolen from his property. Why? Hold on. So he claimed there was a, yeah, hang in there with me for a minute before I get to your why. So the break-in caused the loss of $13,000 worth of furs and trophy mounts. That seems low. Does it? I don't know anything about trophy mounts. It does. 
All right. Well, let me read you what he had and then maybe you can help me out because I don't, I don't understand this shit either. Okay. So some of these mounts that he reported missing was the world's top mark for a doll sheep shot with a bow, which was 1971. And then he had a ram with 42 inch horns. So that was significant, the length. Then he had the second ranked largest caribou in the world from 1971. The 13th ranked doll sheep. The 12th world ranked mountain goat. And the 34th ranked black bear. All missing. All right. So do anybody know how any of this works? No. I do not. Fantastic. All right, so if you know anything about the uh, uh, American Bow Hunting Association in Alaska that decides that you get the world's record breaker for shooting some sort of stupid sheep with a bow, please let me know. Okay. So Jake from State Farm. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't, I don't know his name, but yeah, technically State Farm issued the check. And Bob used this money to buy his Piper Super Cab airplane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anybody know anything about airplanes? No. Fantastic. I know you're not going to get me on one right now. That's fair. I've never been on a plane. I found the website for the Alaskan Bowhunters Association Incorporated. Oh, it's a corporation. Incorporation. Yes. Mm. Keep talking. I'm reading. Okay. That's fine. Okay. Oh, I can become a member today. Do Would it. you like to? No, I really wouldn't. All right. So let's skip that. Okay. So there's a strong possibility that Bob frauded the insurance company. You know, because. Say. Well, do you remember who was in that basement and saw them? Kitty? Yes. Brandy, you were on it. Yes. So. If he could establish a history of terrorizing women and his criminal background and the fraud, it might be enough to finally get the DA to listen to him. Right. They have a Facebook page. <laughs> okay. Their website so, is garbage. I'm sorry, Alaskan Bowhunting Association. If you guys are listening to this, your website's fucking garbage. Well, you know who has a nice website? The Macabre Academy. Dot com. I built that bitch myself with sounding. Mm-hmm. I put a lot of love in that. I need more fan art for that. I'm guys. What do I do? Got to do to get more fan art? She'll show you a titty. No, I won't. But I'm very spoiled because I already have two fan arts on there, and I need more. I need more fan art. Well, uh, they were founded in 1970. The bow hunting is that why all these awards are from '71? They didn't have a long list to compare against. Uh, yes. In 71, the Alaskan Bowhunting Association, hereby known as the ABA, because I'm tired of reading the whole goddamn thing, was officially registered with the state as a nonprofit corporation. Huh. Uh, it was intended to represent the, all bow hunters who hunt in Alaska with more influence than single regional clubs while not interfering or competing with the, the, the other clubs. That sounds stupid, though. So, like, you're the first person to get a top mark for a world's dull sheep but there's not 10 years of people you beat you're the first person to get a big big fucking sheep 
Yeah, that's not much of an award. That's some horse shit. That's like close to winning by default because there's like one of one of their policies is to hold an annual competition for broadhead shooters where only legal hunting equipment shall be used. Shouldn't so only who, legal hunting equipment be used all the time? So what made them make that rule? Because you know there it's a rule for a reason. Yeah, somebody used something illegal. Probably a bomb. It's the same reason why, like, what uh, curling irons they don't insert into orifices. Yeah, some, I don't know who thought that was that. a good idea. Well, don't I, I why, why would you use it plugged in is I mean, my question. Why would you use that for that? No, that goes in your hair. That's dirty. Like, I don't want my vagina on my hair. I'm good. Thanks. All right. So I had another part of the case that confused me a little bit, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw this out there. Yeah, their website's fucking garbage. Okay, go. Right, so f- no, that put in perspective his awards because they're bullshit awards. It's like when you're playing Mario Kart and you're the first person to play Mario Kart on that console and you get the fastest time lap because you're the first person to play that board. That's stupid. Okay, anyway. This is why I'm Nerdy Witch, by the way, if it doesn't make sense. It should make sense now. As I wipe my eye and the Patreons can see my Pokemon tattoos. Okay. This motherfucker so, shot that bear with a bear with a bow? Holy fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's bow hunting association. You have to have Yeah, a that bow. bear is fucking giant though. Holy balls. How big's the bear? How many pounds? I don't I'm just looking at pictures. Is that a current record holder? I don't know. I just I'm on Google. Other search engines are available. And I clicked on images and this is what popped up. And these bears are fucking massive. Jesus Christ. This is why I was so glad you looked it up because your reaction now is worth it. So worth it. Fucking bear. Look at this fucking bear. Holy shit. Fuck that. But it's a big fucking bear. That's what he said. This is the other bear I was looking at. Look at that fucking bear. He's legitimately in awe of the sheer size of these animals. That bear is huge. Yeah. Well, he Bob had the 34th ranked bear shot by a bow. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they're big fucking animals. He also liked these to shoot wolves shoot. from his plane. They don't that know actually why. sounds fun as fuck. I'm in for that. No, I love wolves. I have a wolf tattooed on my arm, too. It's one of my spirit animals. I don't want to die. Well, not necessarily wolves, but some, I mean, hunting from a plane actually sounds fucking dope. Yeah, that, that part does sound fun. If you actually land the plane and go collect the animal and use all of the parts from its Well, death. clearly, yes. Yeah. yeah. We had this discussion last week. Yep, yep, yep. Actually, I would love for us to go as a podcast to the, um, and Kevin, if you want to come, but uh, there's a, a, a wolf what, sanctuary. I'm not part of the podcast all of a sudden. No, you're you're temporary. You didn't want it. Are you permanent? Are you hanging out forever? I don't know. This is your podcast. I'm just living in it. If you want, if you want Kev to stay on the podcast, tell him. Vote now on your phone. Yes. Me. Actually, I can put a poll up. I think on Instagram for that. So I might do that. Because I want Kev as long as Kev wants to be here. Because I love having Kevin. He might not talk all the time, but when he does. Magic. Yeah. Okay. Plus, the this, this, this sweet tones of his voice in my headphones are kind of very relaxing for me. This is how this is therapy for me. And apparently some of you people like my voice, and I'm very confused by this. It's a good voice. 
I'm very confused. See, now we're doing the Mangala thing where we're on like lasagna instead of frozen to death rape victims. Also a fun picture I found. That is definitely a palate cleanser. That is a chicken with a cigarette and some booze and some sunglasses. It's a smoking chicken smoking. That's pretty good. Is that a anyway. is that a drunken chicken? Is that like a beer cannon's ass? Uh, yes, it is, and he's drinking Captain Morgan. Perfect. That chicken knows how to party. Yes. All right. I want to party of, with this chicken. Well, Fluffy wanted to party with Da Vic Crumb, so we're gonna get there. Professional segues. Here I am. Okay, so Fluffy is friends with a DA, a DA, but not the one that can give him search warrants. So I don't understand how they have a relationship and he can't get a fucking search warrant. But somehow this is how this has played out. There's a different DA that Fluffy has to report to to get these warrants for Hansen. It's probably a different district. Okay, yeah. But he's friends with this guy, Vic Crum, who's a DA. Okay. And he goes, hey, buddy. Hey, Vic. Okay, look, the APD dropped the ball, and they're fucking over Kitty, and he plays the interview that Kitty gave for them. And um, what Vic tells him is, look, okay, they discredited Kitty, but she couldn't have been the only ones who saw those hunting mounts on his wall if they magically returned. Right. Okay, because he has friends. So go find somebody else that saw those. And then if your DA is not going to help you, then we're going we're gonna to help you. We're going to make a last stand and we're going to figure this shit out. So what's, what's new technology and a move of desperation on Flofi's point, he reaches out to the FBI in Quantico. Okay. Where the fuck's Quantico? Virginia. Virginia. Oh, Brandy knew too. Why do I not know these things? I don't know. I I can I tell you weird things about iron and I can't remember where fucking Quantico is. Okay. So it, there's a top serial killer research lab available to him and he, he makes a phone call and none other than fucking Ray Hazelwood picks up the phone. Uh good old Ray. Yeah. Now Ray started the behavioral sciences department at Quantico for the FBI. So this guy is the guy. Okay. He's the best of the best. And he takes this fucking phone call and, he, and, 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 and doesn't know how criminal profiling works. So he starts to open his mouth and he goes, no, 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 shut up. Don't tell me anything. Just give me the details of the missing people, the crime scenes and that, and, and, and that shit. Okay, just give me that. Don't tell me anything about who you think done it. And I will tell you who did it. Okay. So the profile that comes back from Quantico, from Ray Hazelwood himself. Okay, you ready for this profile? Yeah. Flofi was looking for a man who was an avid hunter, probably into guns and an outdoorsman. He was probably married to a very religious woman who knew nothing about his crimes. Possible age range for the perpetrator was between 33 and 44 years old. Also, Hazelwood determined that this man was probably a prominent member of the community, probably a hardworking business owner. They even felt at the FBI that this man could have a stutter. Wow. 
this is what the FBI got just from the crime scenes from Sherry Morrow, Paula Golding, all this stuff that he had on mm-hmm. his desk. He sent everything except for Robert Hansen's name and how he was connected to the murders. Okay. So that's what they sent back. And the FBI is like, dude, you got a fucking serial killer on your hands. Like you need some fucking help. So the FBI personally sends agents to come help Flofi. Okay. So Flofi meets with another topless dancer and this one was African-American and she's one of like the only ones on the list um, who claimed to be kidnapped by Hansen in 1979. So, okay. A 357 Magnum is pulled on her and she's staring down the barrel and she's forced to strip naker, 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 naked. Can we make that a word, naker? 100%. Oh, it sounds too close to a different word. Oh, Oh, true. Actually, you know what slowly is pissing me off? And as a fan, I need to write in and correct this is, you know, my favorite podcast, podcast, um, morbid. So much for not tripping over your words. I know. I was so proud over the thing. I'm like, I got coffee. I'm not going to trip. Nope. Do you know Brandy on 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 Morbid Right, my favorite podcast? Uh huh. Right. Okay. They keep saying the word Damon. Yeah. You know that's wrong, right? There's actual a thing called a Damon, and my goddess uh, speaks with Damon beings. Oh. And Damons are not demons. Oh. It's really a thing. I could probably do a whole episode on it, and I need to write in that they're incor- they're insulting the demons mm-hmm. by associating them as demons because that's a Christianization interpretation, and they're not actually demonic beings. Yeah, yeah. Demons is uh, is a good thing. It's and kind I didn't of like know that. Um, yeah. Demons are in Greek Greek and Roman mythology. They're kind of like inspiration, mm-hmm. kind of like muses. Okay. And they're neutral. Okay. So I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, that's not a perfect explanation because I haven't finished my research on daemons, but I want to make sure I hit them with that chestnut one of these days because I love them, but I'm starting to get upset because I'm like, Hakate actually works with daemons and mm-hmm. they are not demons. This is why my parents think I worship the devil. Okay. This is not cool. Um, anyway. So. She's stripped in the back of his camper at gunpoint. She's also hogtied with guitar wire and driven to an undisclosed location, this dancer. Okay. Now, while they were driving, she manages to wiggle free. And when Bob notices this, he slams on the fucking brakes. As you would. Of course. Mm -hmm. So he, like pulls over, flings open the driver's side door, and walks around to the side to try to get through the camper door. Well, she goes, well, fuck this. And she she leaps into the cab through the little window between the camper and the front seat and then locks him out. So she's trying to desperately hotwire this car to get the engine to start. And Hansen is so... Well, she, she thinks it's Hansen. Hansen is so determined to get her that he, he smashes the window with his fist 
and she jumped out the passenger side and she ran butt-ass naked to the closest house she could find. Wow. Now, Bob cheeses it out of there, but this woman positively IDs Hanson in a photo lineup at the precinct. And she was also willing to openly testify in a court of law if she had to. What kind of freaked her out? I know, right? She's a badass. But what's what sucked for her is she was looking for legitimate employment. And after this, because Aww. she's like, oh, man, I, I, I got raped and shit. Like, this isn't cool. I need to get a real job. Mm-hmm. So she walks into the local bakery to try to employ, try to get a job. No. And as she's filling out the application, guess who she sees? No. Before he notices her, she cheeses it. She she gets out of there too. Good. Um, but Bob, like, even if he did see her in the corner of her eye, didn't seem to recognize her. Oh. Yeah. She's like, I think he saw me, didn't really recognize me. I'm not sure, but I dipped out of there. Like I wasn't staying. Mm-hmm. And that sucks because she was trying to get legitimate work. Right. After being raped from being a string a prostitute. Mm-hmm. So then uh Flofi is like trying to find this cabin that Bob's talking about. And while he's doing that, other cases in the state trooper jurisdiction is this mounting pile of thefts of cabins. So even one of his buddies had a cabin out in the Alaskan wilderness and some things were stolen, like firearms and power tools. And one of the guys had run out of their cabin to try to catch the guy in the act. And there was very unique airplane skis printed in the snow. Hmm. So they knew whoever was robbing them in these cabins was using an aeroplane. And who has an airplane? Mm -hmm. While he's investigating these things, because he's like, he's a badass, right? Mm Mm-hmm. As he's investigating these, the Bow Hunting Association has some members that come forward and accuse Robert Hansen of cheating. Hmm. So his world record dull sheep? Yeah. There was a bullet hole in one of the animal's horns. But, but, the friend that was hunting with him that day said that no gun was used. Of course his friend said that. Mm-hmm. And they found a few other witnesses that saw Bob's hunting trophies back in the basement. Hmm. Now, he claimed to have found them in his backyard and just didn't tell State Farm. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's how that works. Yeah, poor Jake. You you know, he tried to get him a check. He believed him. Wearing his little khakis. You know, State Farm also did not sponsor this episode. Other insurance companies are available and they all suck equally. Yeah. Except for USAA, I have them. Also not a sponsor. You know, we actually have a real sponsor for these episodes. I know. Yeah, we should probably drop that in here. Please, Sound Maiden. Witches, I am in love with this family-run business, Mystical Existence, the bath products that turn your ordinary self-care ritual into a celestial experience. As a witch, 
My bathing habits are sacred. So I was overjoyed to find products that not only smell amazing, but don't irritate my sensitive skin. My favorite scent is Scorpio, which was designed with Maggie's daughter and the perfume her mother used to wear at heart. All soaps, lotions, and bath bombs are handmade with supplies that are purchased from ethical and responsible manufacturers. A portion of the products are vegan for all you animal lovers out there. As the wheel of the year turns, new products are designed to match the seasons. Currently only available in the United States, you can find Mystical Existence on Facebook, Instagram, or at their website, mysticalexistence.com. Okay, the FBI took this new information, right, because they're there to help Fluffy, mm-hmm. and they help write a search warrant for Fluffy to present. They help him. Okay. Um, they tell him, like, dude, Fluffy, all right, based on this serial killer profile, you are looking for a murder kit with disguises. You oh. are looking for a stash of victims' mementos because this guy is keeping them. Right. Probably rings or jewelry, and they would be kept close to him so he could relive the murders. Right. Uh-huh. And then, obviously, this person is using a plane, so you need to find these flight maps and the murder and assault weapons. You need to find all of this shit, so make sure you include that in, in your search warrant. So, Fluffy takes all this shit... And he goes to meet all the bigwigs on October 12, 1983. And he hit them with everything he had. He hit them with the FBI profile. He hit them with Kitty Larson's case. He hit them with the kidnapping from 79. He hit them with the cabin burglaries, burglaries, burglaries. He hit them with the insurance fraud, his criminal history, his buddy at the DA office willing to also help. And the missing person reports, and Hansen's psyche valves, and the fact that he was on prescribed medications. And I can see him in my head, like walking in there and going, list, 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 fucking drop the mic. Uh huh. Done. Yeah, it was a mic drop. So he finally gets permission to write the 40 page affidavit. It was 40 fucking pages to include everything they needed in the <gasps> search warrant. Him and two other people. It took two other people days to write this. And time was of the essence. I mean, 40 pages. I took me over, God, 15 hours just to type the notes for this episode. Which was, I couldn't imagine trying to write a 40-page affidavit. Yeah, no. Has has your wife, Kevin, ever had to write an affidavit? Because I know she works in law, sort of. But not really. I don't think she has. I mean, she's done other stuff like that's been pretty long. But well, I, did, I just didn't know if that was part of like like you know you have to write a sample in law school of an affidavit to get your lawyer's I, license. I don't know what she's. I don't remember much about her law school other than it was long and expensive. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so he gets this meeting. They t- they try to write this affidavit as fast as they can. And Fluffy is armed and ready to serve this search warrant. What sucks is that he has to be careful 
on how he interrogates Bob Hansen. Bob Hansen has already invoked his right to attorney in the Kitty Larson's case. So when they bring him in, they can't discuss Kitty Larson because otherwise his lawyer has to be present. They can only talk about the new charges being brought against him. Oh. Yeah. This is bureaucracy bullshit at its finest. Yep. To help him with this, though, the FBI agents that were gifted to him helped him stage the interrogation room with, like, missing persons photos, newspaper clippings, case files, all this shit. hmm You know, and put it in his face. Like, here's all this stuff. Right. So he gets, he has to coordinate several teams to start to, to serve this warrant because he needs to search all these things at the same time so there's no way that evidence could disappear right Right. because he he needs to hit the plane and the house and the bakery on the same day all at the same time right great okay so at 8 30 in the morning they wait for a customer to emerge with their donuts right they went in for breakfast got some donuts and left and then there was no customers in the store so they go serve bob the warrant Mm-hmm. And now this is what sucks because the clock begins ticking because there's time constraints. Right. Okay. Bob was escorted to that special interrogation room while they started to take apart his bakery, his plane, and his house all in the same go. Okay. So the bakery was important because they thought, hey, this is a great place for him to put the mementos and they're handy. Right. Also, there's probably cash receipts that he used to pay for the sexy dates. Oh, yeah. And he they were and they were thinking like maybe also the vehicle insurance claim might be there because he fucking broke his own window. So he was gonna have to explain that to his insurance company somehow. So where's the paperwork for that? None of these things were in the bakery. Nada. Bakery was squeaky clean. Except for, you know, normal bakery mess. I mean, I I make a lot of frosting mess, but that's beside the point. Same. Okay. The house had mixed results. Okay. So this affidavit, they were looking to secure rifles, handguns, handcuffs, chains, surgical gloves, ace bandages, bearskin rugs, fiber samples, hair samples, towels that could have been used by the victims, newspaper clippings, Bank statements, fingerprints, expended cartridges, ammunition, reloading equipment, soil samples, makeup and disguises, portable airplane seats, notes, business cars, and a rape murder kit with possible restraints. If it is not on this list, they cannot take it. Uh, So that's really hard trying to write these affidavits to walk into somebody's house, you know, they uh could see, okay, so like the guitar wire, not on here. Mm-hmm. So he can't pick it up. Okay. So they found the hunting trophies in the basement. So they have him on fraud. All right. And they found a shit ton of guns. Okay. We're going to get to this in a minute. They're sitting in the station with Hanson, though, and he's sitting there denying everything left and right because he's really good at that. And he goes, yeah, I kind of lied to my psychiatrist. And eh, fights with prostitutes are always over money. You can't trust them, bitches. And he boiled down to everything, uh, all this, all this fuss, because he wanted oral sex while his wife was out of town. I have a quote. 
You want to hear the quote? It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is, if this was ever a 80s to 70s mentality, I don't know what was. It was just crazy. Under no circumstances is it something I wanted my wife to perform. And this is what I wanted there. And, you know, you hear so many girls talking about, oh boy, this girl over here or that girl over there will give you a good blowjob or whatever. And I guess it was out of curiosity. I just want more or less what you call straight sex with my wife. Okay. Yeah, totally. I mean, it makes everything Uh, make sense. Okay. What else would you want? So he's just trying to talk to your wife. Yeah. A missionary position. That's it. I'm sorry, but if you can't get freaky deaky with your significant other, what's the point? Honestly. Yeah. You're supposed to be able to do the weird stuff with the person that you love. Like that's how it works. In my, my humble opinion. Yeah, no, you shouldn't be going to strangers for that. No, no. Mm -mm. (laughs) I would love to TMI you right now, but my sister is also my producer, so I'm not going to do her that injustice. I'm sorry. Sorry, cellmate. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to. Luckily, she's not biologically my sister because that would even be weirder, but we're not going to get into taboos at the moment. (laughs) But patrons, patrons only episode after this unedited <laughs> unedited unedited so she doesn't have to listen no yes. it's always unedited for patreons so all the weird stuff that she takes out like if i say um cunty mccunterson right and she doesn't think it belongs in an episode she can take that out but the patreons get Steffi saying cunty mccunterson as much as she wants she leaves a lot of natural speech in there, but there are a few things that s- slip out that don't make it. I think we need a blooper reel at one point, but I feel like that's too much to put on her plate right now. That's fair. I just feel bad for her because I don't like every time I talk to her, I was like, I don't know how you're going to save this episode. And then she presents it to me and it's amazing every time. Every single every time. time. Every time. Okay. So Robert Hansen is in this interrogation room. And he reveals that he hates spending money. That's why he preferred a five-finger discount. But he didn't want to put that on his family anymore. So he quit that shit cold turkey. Even with the several IDs by the sex workers, he didn't deny taking them out. So the question of the day, number one, how can you take the word of a prostitute over a respectable family and businessman? Easy. I don't know. Why, what does she have to get gain from lying? Her reputation ruined? Not being able to get a job? Nope. Well, welcome to the 80s. I got nothing to lose. Oh. Let's go. Well, the again, 80s, the 90s, the 2000s. Today. Yeah, I mean, women's suffrage didn't get us all of our rights. Like, I mean, women were still proving themselves in the 80s, 90s, and today. Or whatever. Um, okay, so what what was true is that he was taking prostitutes out, but there was always a money dispute with these women to explain away the problems. Of course. And in Bob's book, women were either saints or whores. There was nothing in between, right? Okay. But he claimed to know the difference between right and wrong. Second question of the day, 
which I'm sure Brandy and Kev you'll agree with is they're sitting there talking to him and they go like, how could all these women have the exact same story? Mm -hmm. They were offered money. They were taken out. They were bound and threatened and they were forced to do things against their will. And none of them really knew each other. So what were the fucking odds of somebody in 1979 and somebody in 1982 claiming the same thing that didn't know the other person? Yeah. Okay. Flofi tries the good cop routine. Okay. And he tries to point out, you know, "Eh, Bob, I don't think you're telling the whole truth. And And I want you to know, like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. We're all men here, you know, and prostitution's like a thing. For like centuries so you, you know you shouldn't really be embarrassed you know so maybe like like the secretary you didn't have intentions of actually hurting any of these girls like maybe maybe something just went wrong right didn't go according to plan and this was an utter failure <laughs> like this technique did not work at all um so he gets mad and he's like dude your gun was used why don't you tell me what went wrong and bob's sitting there like pope a nope I would never hurt a fly. <laughs> and Fluffy's like, dude, buddy, come on. Where's the gun? And he goes, at home. I have lots of guns at home. I, what, can you be more specific? <sighs> okay. So the search of the home in Muldoon was not going according to plan because they did find the aviation map, a disguise, disguise kit with fucking nail polish and mustaches. I don't understand the purpose of the nail polish, but whatever. Ace bandages, and then they open up a closet full of cash with bakery receipts. So it turns out he's a dirty embezzler. Oh, so this was going to be good times for the IRS, but there's no mementos or murder weapons. The cache of guns they found, though, they couldn't even take them all, but this is what they found. Ready? Kev, maybe you can tell me your favorites. Well, let's backtrack here for a second because okay. my memory is always bullshit but okay he's a felon right he's a convicted felon uh-huh so possession of a firearm by a felon is a crime in and of itself uh-huh it's a felony yes it's usually between one to three years and and usually some fines on top of that uh-huh so the fact that he has possession of firearms is already a crime yes and he had been so, right so they could have nabbed him right there yeah but not not in the way they wanted to nab him. But it doesn't matter. You still you can still arrest him and then search incident to arrest. You can search, I think, everything. Yeah. So you're okay. You're on a track. We're gonna revisit this in a minute, Kev. There there's a moment where that comes into play. Okay. Right? But according to the current search warrant, because they weren't expecting to find this many guns. Okay, so they literally can't take them until they go back to a judge and say, hey, a felon owns these guns. I need the, I need to take all of them. Okay, so they can't legally do that until they get a new judge to sign off on taking all the guns. Okay. Okay, that I do remember from the case because they were like, oh, shit, we want to take all the guns. And for some reason, because of the constrictions of their current search warrant, they weren't allowed to. So they had to call up a judge and have the new guns added with the new charges. So they couldn't. Just take them all in the moment. Okay. So he had a Ted Williams 20-gauge shotgun. 
a 270 bolt action rifle, a Browning 220 or 22 rifle. He also had a Browning 22 semi-automatic rifle. How are those not the same gun? What's a bolt action? What's a bolt action? Probably one semi-automatic. What does semi-automatic mean? Um, there's there's a there's there's what's called a magazine usually. Oh, the, like the clip. But I'll let that slide, but yes, um, they ho- that holds rounds. Usually a bolt action. Uh, I'm sorry, no, I'm getting, I'm I'm saying this wrong. Wait, why um, is clip a bad thing? Because like- it's not the actual term. Oh. <laughs> I, I'm I'm splitting hairs and it's not important to the story. So we'll just thank you for, for letting me let that slide. I appreciate yeah. your discussion. I was trying to, but you didn't let me. So I know, but um, I, I now I appreciate it because now I know why. For for a semi-auto, you pull the trigger, you release the trigger. Or I'm sorry, you pull the trigger, round goes off, casing goes out, next round gets loaded, release the trigger, pull the trigger. Just like that, mm-hmm. right? Like you've—I know you've shot guns before, right? Yeah, but they all—you didn't have to reload the gun between every shot. Right. That's semi-automatic. Okay. One pull. One pull of the trigger. Round goes out. Next round gets loaded. Pull the trigger. Round goes out. Load. Round gets loaded. Pull the trigger. For a bolt action, you pull the trigger, and then nothing else happens. The, the gun goes off, and nothing else happens. That makes so much more sense now. So then for a bolt action literally has a bolt. You, it has a lever on it. You pull it up back like this. It's one of these things. Perfect. Thank you. That helps. Okay. So he also has a Colt Match 22 semi-automatic pistol, a Colt Python 357 revolver. That should sound familiar. Uh, a Ruger. I like Ruger guns. I shot those. I can't remember all the guns I shot, but the Ruger, Ruger was one of my favorite ones that I shot. It was like a nine millimeter or something. I called it the Transformer. I don't know what the actual model name was, but it was also one of those guns where you could modify it with different accessories to make a new gun. My husband said I should have asked him what it was, but this was a 243 pistol. Um, this was a Savage rifle, was also in his possession. Old 35 Remington with slide action pump. Then he had a Remington semi-automatic shotgun, a Remington Wingmaster shotgun, 12-gauge shotgun, and an Ithaca 12-gauge shotgun. So there should be something blaring is it in the river that is missing from all this. Yeah, the, the 223. Correct. And I have, I, I have a thought on where that is, but... Yeah, the, the contender is also missing that the one guy had seen, yes. too. Well, where do you think it is? Because I'll tell you where it is in a little bit, but I want to know what your theories are. Uh, Plane or cabin. Okay. So when they saw this cache of guns, right, and he's a felon, he couldn't buy them, it was suspected that some of them had been stolen because they also found some of the missing power tools associated from the cabin thefts. They had serial numbers to match all this shit up. So Bob gives some whopping amazing excuses in the interrogation for shit, okay? So uh, I'm not going to go with the back and forth. I'm just going to give you his list of excuses for stuff. Um, He had ace bandages because he had shit knees from playing baseball. 
He loved to hunt near the Knick, so of course his shell casings would be there. Mustaches were fun to try out because his face didn't grow mustaches correctly. Um, and the surgical gloves were to protect his hand from food coloring because he was bigger and a cake decorator like me. Huh. He did say to the officers that he did keep some of the guns in his fishing boat. And it was going to take some time for a judge to make amendum to include the boat. But it was literally a wild goose chase because there was nothing in the boat. Also, it turns out that Bob never had a cabin. Interrogation turns into a shit show, though, when they try to placate Bob again. Right. Right. They say, like, oh, no one's going to miss a prostitute. You know, fuck women for holding their goods against us men. Of course, we all go to the bars when our wives are out of town. And who doesn't love a good BJ? You know, just like all this toxic masculinity bullshit, basically. Hanson was a hard nut to crack. Mm-hmm. And this was a recurring theme in the audiobook that Flothy was told by all of his mentors and all these people working with him that nobody confesses on the street. So to get what they wanted, they were going to have to book his ass on something. And like Kev said, that's exactly what they, they decided they were going to do. We can get him on the attempted murder and rape of Kitty. We can get him on embezzlement and fraud. And that'll give us time to work on the murder case charges. So every time that he serves the one to three years for uh, holding a gun as a felon or whatever, they'll hit him with another one and another one and another one. So what sucks is, is um, Bob's residence finally hits pay dirt. So Brandy, you'll appreciate this one. I love how your face snaps off. I'm like, yes, I'm listening. So the officer that goes into the attic is highly allergic to the fiberglass in it. If that's not me, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah. But he was so determined that despite his, you know, itching skin and swelling eyes and stuff, he was poking around. And guess what he finds in the back corner stuffed in the fiberglass? The gun. Oh, and then some. And the jewelry? Uh-huh. Both necklaces. Plus more. Uh-huh. What else? They find the Remington 553 rifle for the 22, 22, 20, 223 bullets. They find the Thompson contender with the swappable parts, an aviation map with X's all over it, the jewelry, newspaper clipping, clippings about the murders and the missing people, a Winchester 12-gauge shotgun, and a mini 14, which was the suspected murder weapon. It took 14 hours of tearing apart his well decorated but accumulated house hmm. to find these things. And um, yeah, but it, of course, it was always in the last place you look, right? Obviously. Uh huh. Well, where'd you keep looking if you already found it? It's always in the last place you look. Uh huh. But what the fuck's a mini 14? Do you know what a mini 14 is? I've heard of it. It's a tiny gun? Let me do some Google. All right, we're going to Google. Is it a tiny gun? I don't think it is because it, it does, it has two twenty-three caliber bullets. Oh. They were looking for this M14 from like the very beginning since they found the shell casings. They were certain a mini 14 shot those, the casings. So I don't understand. Oh yeah, I've seen these before. 
Yeah, it's just a, a, a basic rifle chambered in two two three. So it's yield generic two twenty three caliber rifle. Yeah, it's not. It's not the the two two three five five six is widely used in um, AR style rifles now. The the evil black rifles that everybody likes to bang on about. Uh, this is more of a uh, has more wood to it than normal. So mm. it looks just like a hunting rifle, but it's semi-auto and shoots a fairly small cartridge. I love now I understand everything that came out of your mouth. <laughs> if you would have said that to me yesterday, I would not have understood it. Oh, they have one chambered at 300 blackout. Nice. Anyway, sorry. That's okay. So the question became, did they finally have him? I hate that we're asking this question. So there's a 120 day rule and you have four months to get him convicted or he walks free and can never be charged with the things you're holding him for. What the fuck? Yeah. And so they were having problems with the M14 because they finally found it. Right. But you need the bullets, not just the shell casing. Right. And then the, the state troopers were too cheap to let somebody take the gun on a plane and fly it to the FBI themselves and hand deliver it, which you're legally allowed to do. However, they put it through the mail and it got lost. Are you fucking kidding me? Mm -hmm. Now the FBI did match the M14 to the shell casings after they finally received it. But again, it wasn't tight enough to get Bob put away for good. And now there was a big battle over the legality of the search warrant in the first place because the defense was saying you can't use an FBI profile. The judge, however, said if you throw everything else at at it without the FBI profile, they still had enough reason to go in there and search that house. Yeah. So the defense can shove it, basically. Good. So what they really need to do is get John, John Hemming in his alibi, right? We mentioned him in episode one or part one. Yeah. So he was one of the main people he went to for an alibi. Right. So he finally fesses up in front of a grand jury that he lied for Bob. Oh, good. But this is because of pressure from his wife. He was more scared of her than the potential perjury charges. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep. I don't want to go into the trial issues for everything that the defense filed, but it was a lot of whining and crying, trying to wiggle out of this noose around Bob's neck. Okay. Basically. Fair. In all reality, Flofi knew that Bob had a history of copying a plea deal for a lesser sentence. So all he had to do was keep the pressure on. And he doesn't know that Flofi has the maps in his possession now. Oh. What's... So what's messed up about this particular set of aviation maps is that there were 24 X's on it. Oh, no. Yeah, and Flofi looked at it and he goes, oh, wait, I know where two of those are. No. He found two bodies at that spot. This is when his stomach sank. He realized that each mark on that fucking map was a grave. And he realized he was dealing with the worst killer in Alaskan history. Do they so dig again, all those graves up? Well, let me let me get there. Okay. Poor women. Okay, because right now this is not proven. This is Flofi's gut instinct. I mean, same. Yep. 
Flofi, Flofi, again, like I told you earlier, was was it's in my notes now that he was advised to just get the kidnapping cases and just keep going after him mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, and then just wait for the ground to thaw in the spring so they could try to dig up bodies because the ground was fucking frozen right now. Yeah. Okay. So once Bob realizes that Flofi has this map. Oh, no. Hansen begins to confess. I have then in my notes, it says part three, Bob Hansen explains it all. Fuck Bob. Well, I was trying to make a Clarissa reference, but I don't, I'm an, I'm, I don't know if anybody else was a Nickelodeon kid in the nineties. I don't know Clarissa. I'm sorry. She explained it all. She did. I'm sorry. She later became um, Sabrina. Sabrina the teenage. teenage witch. I know yes. she became Sabrina, but like I never saw Clarissa. What you're missing out? Maybe that I'll was, go back. That and was watch a it. pure time capsule of the of the early '90s. It was beautiful. Okay, so Bob's confession. Here okay. we go. A lot of this shit came out of watching cop shows, and Darla often kept him in check. So that's why he went crazy when she went on town. Oh, good. He would take these girls to Wendy's, not sponsored, to gain their trust and then to make sure that nobody was watching them. Once he realized that they were truly alone, he would then pull the gun on them and then the game was on. He said the the key was, was to instill fear in them and then take the victim to a place where they could scream and scream and scream and nobody would hear them. Now, he had gotten kitty's phone number to make a date and she was unable to meet him he did in fact work on an airplane seat that day but he had gotten bored and decided to go for a drive he's like i'll swing past the bakery and make sure i turn off the lights so he sees the bakery lights are off and keeps driving winds up downtown so i have his quotation about what he did to kitty larson this was his confession you ready mm-hmm. you strapped in i'm strapped in okay i'm gonna try to use did you say strap in or strap on both. Both. Oh. Okay. Um, I'm going to try to use the low voice, so hang in there with me. Okay. Um, Kitty Larson was standing on the sidewalk, and I pulled in through the parking lot there, and she backed, and she walked back to the car. She got in and discussed going to my house and so forth. We drove to my house in Mundoon and uh, went down into the basement down into my den i turned on the television set and so forth and we sat on the couch for a little while i fondled fondled her a little bit and we sat there and discussed well we didn't discuss much really we just talked a little bit chit chat then of course she was saying that she'd like to get back and i told her no i wanted to stay there in the basement I'd like to do do it a little bit different. I would like to have sex with you on a large bearskin rug that I had there. Uh, <coughs> not a large one, just a normal black bear rug that I had on the floor and so forth. And that I would like to, while I was having sex with her, put a pair of handcuffs on her. And uh, she said no. She didn't say she had an objection to where we had sex and so forth, but not in handcuffs. 
And at that time, I guess I showed her a firearm and told her she had to put them on. The first time, I know she said I forced her in the car and so forth. That's not true. The first time any force was used when she, when she was in my house. It's true I had sex with her on the bear rug and so forth in my home. And it is true that she, she what she said after the sex act there. I uh, took her back to my basement. It's kind of divided into two sections. And I told her, I, t- I took her over and laid her down on the couch. And then I sat down on the couch. Then she got up and said, no, no, no. I want, or I, then she got up and I said, no, no, no. I want you to stay where you're at. Okay, long story short and so forth. Because he says that constantly. I think that's like his nervous take at this point and yep. so forth and so forth. Um, he panicked when Kitty ran from him at the airport in handcuffs. Cause he's like, that's the suspicious part is those fucking handcuffs. So he sped back to the bakery that morning and cleaned up the bakery in the house to hide the evidence. Um, that's why he was so willing to let the officers search his home. And there was like several close calls of them finding things that he had hidden but they didn't find them. Um, He didn't remember the names of any of the victims. None of them, not a single name, but he was able to locate them on the map. Okay. Yeah. He says, uh, I didn't start out hating all women, but I guess prostitutes are women. I'm putting down lower than myself. I knew what I was doing was totally, totally wrong. He's trying to psychoanalyze himself. I don't, that's not an excuse. No. Um, he also revealed that after he murdered a girl, he took the two to $300 back off them because he didn't want good money going to waste. I mean, same. Mm-hmm. Um, they ain't going to use didn't, it. Yeah, yeah. But I think the shitty part was is he did not want to confess to more murders than he needed to. And Flofi and Rothschild, which was one of the best of the best uh, prosecutors, and he wasn't actually a stranger to high pub, uh, highly publicized cases. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, was assigned to Bob's case. So him and Flofi try to cut one hell of a deal, right? Because they know he'll cop mm-hmm. to a lesser plea. He said, look, I will charge you on four of the women that you've already confessed to. But I want you to finish confessing to the rest of your crimes that I won't charge you because I just want peace of mind for the families. But don't you dare claim any of these missing women I think you killed, you actually killed and didn't because that's bullshit. Okay, you're going to tell the truth. So Hanson's a bit at odds here because there's no death penalty in Alaska because he's like, well, if I go to jail forever, you know, he goes, well, do you want speculation in the newspaper or do you want to want the truth out about your exploits? So somehow his ego finally let him confess. So he, he, he acknowledges 12 women total that he killed. None by name, none by picture, just spots marked on a map. That's sentence. It is. But I love Rothschild because he gave the best speech of his career. So I'm hoping you guys will let me read it verbatim because I'm pretty Go excited for it. about it. Okay. 
I think this sums up a lot of the shit, like beautifully. It puts it in bow. Your Honor, before you sits a monster, an extreme aberration of a human being, a man who walked amongst us for 17 years, serving us donuts, Danish, and hot coffee, all with a pleasant smile. Mellow, mild-mannered, a spectacle, Bob the Baker, a family man, a man so cunning and so clever that his friends and acquaintances are in shock of what he now admits to before this court. Not even his wife of nearly 20 years had any idea of his dark, evil side. He's a man who manipulated his family, his friends, countless women, the police, and the courts of our state for many years he's been here. He is, to be blunt, the most prolific mass murderer in modern Alaskan history. A man who purposely, coldly plotted and planned the kidnap, the terrorizing, and the rape of scores of women and burying them in our wilderness. His crimes numb the mind. Hearing him tell of his tales, which he did last week for 10 to 12 hours, zapped the body of energy. It zapped the spirit. But the story must be told. For our community wants us to know, how is it that this man got away with all these crimes all these years? And how is it that we finally caught him? His manipulations were immense. And while he doesn't admit it, it's obvious reading through and looking at where things started, he enjoyed a little hunt, just like his big game animals. He toyed with them. He wanted to scare them. He got a charge from all of this. They weren't shot where it all started. He let them run. He grabbed them and they would claw a little bit. And then he let them run a little more and he played with him. He doesn't look big and strong, but he is. One time he called this his summertime project. What a lovely word for his handiwork, a summertime project. And he did admit that none of them went willingly. They weren't human beings to him. Now Rothschild also pointed out that he was a compulsive fucking liar. So he was convinced that the Alaskan wilderness might have held more bodies. His family man image was basically bullshit to mask his malice. And this man could never be rehabilitated and death was too good for him. Bob was sentenced to a total of 461 years plus a life term. Nice. Perfect. Oh yeah, I'm going to break this fucker down. 99 years for Sherry Morrow's murder, 99 years for Paula Golding's murder, 99 years for the murder of Joanne Messina, the kidnapping of Kitty Larson was 99 years plus 30 more for her rape, 25 years for felony count weapons possession, Kev. There you go. Mm -hmm. 10 years for theft indictments plus a lifetime sentence for the murder of Jane Doe. And that is the bear snack called Eklutna Annie. Okay. So that got him a life sentence. His total number of victims 
was uh wait it was like 17 18 people right so i have a list of them so of course to honor their memory i'm gonna read their names okay megan emmerich was 17 her body was never located but it was an x on bob's map mary thill 22 not found but on bob's map air quote horseshoe harriet age unknown but she was found april 1984 Eklutna Annie was between 16 and 25 years old. She was found in July 1980. Roxon Eastwood, 24, never found but was an X on the map. Joanna Messina, 24, never found but included in his confession. Lisa Frutrell, 41, she's the oldest one, found May 1984. Sherry Morrow, 23, found September 1982. Andrea Fish Altieri, 22, not found, but part of his confession. Sue Luna, there she is, 23. She was found April 1984. Paula Golding, 17, found September 1983. Cindy Paulson, a.k.a. Kitty Larson, was 17 at the time that she was wronged, but she's a living survivor. Mala Larson, 28, found April 1984. Daylin Sugar Faye, age unknown, but she was found April 1985. That was a year before I was born, by the way. Teresa Watson, age unknown, found April 1984. Angela, Angela Federn, 24, found in April 1984. Tamara Tammy Patterson was 20, and she was also found in April of 1984. And then lastly, we have Cecilia Beth Von Zanten. She was 17, but her body was not recovered except for the X on the map. The eventual convictions only highlighted the flaws of the justice, of the, of the justice system, and the judge addressed this at the sentencing. And he felt it was his duty to attempt the wrongs. So that's how he got those maximum sentences for everything. Now, Kitty, in our little epilogue here, returns to the life. Right? So she goes back to the streets until she eventually finds a nice man to settle down with some years later and have three kids of her own. Darla Hansen did move to Arkansas, but she never formally divorced her serial killer husband. Twelve of the known victims had their remains turned to the family. Um, again, Sue Luna's case grabbed me early on because of her sister Bonnie's desperation to find her. So, of course, her body was exhumed and Bonnie finally had peace. Finally. That was a long time to search for her sister. I mean, that hit me pretty hard. I'm not crying at my own case, though, so here we are. <laughs> Robert, however super stoked because at the time he was convicted he was only 40 years old and he had a lifetime another half of his life to spend alive in prison even though there was no chance of parole right mm-hmm. now he became a prison barber too while he was there but fun fact for you died august 21st 2014 he was 75 died Mm-hmm. It's not like Bundy or whatever, whoever got or, or 
some of them that got murdered Mm -hmm. in there. Somebody didn't give a shit that he killed prostitutes because Alaska's too nice and he lived out his days. Yeah. All right. I'm going to sum this up real quick with um, modern references to this case and then we're, we're over it. So there is a movie. There's two movies available on Amazon Prime with a membership. So they're free with a membership. There's two. And they're both they're both on Amazon, which is crazy. So I watched them both. The first one is The Frozen Ground, which was filmed in 2013. It's got John Cusack as Hansen. And this is opposite my buddy Nick Cage as Sergeant Jack Holcomb, which is Glenn Flofey's character. And then you have Vanessa Hudgens as Cindy Paulson, the prostitute. And she was young in this. Yeah, she was. Yeah. And she she was doing the drugs and dancing all sexy on the thing. I don't know if this is what caused her career to tank until she found a niche on Netflix making Hallmark movies on for Netflix, but it's serious. The second film is called Naked Phil Fear, and it's definitely a B flick. Um, And it's loosely based on a character using Hansen's modus operandi. But I believe they're in like the Alaskan bush, like not Alaskan in the Australian bush instead of, I don't know, it's weird. They're like, or in Mexico somewhere. I don't know. It's a lot of desert, not, not Alaskan wilderness. There's a bunch of TV documentaries. You can go on Wikipedia and see those, but this like case has been slapped all over everything like uh, crime stories, FBI file episodes, uh, mind hunters, criminal minds, law and order, even did an episode on him. It was crazy. All that shit. Done. 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 I always feel like the second part is better. Yeah. Cause we get into the murdering part. The best part, the meat. Yes. All right. Were you satisfied with the ending, Brandy? I mean, I kind of wanted him to be murdered, but, like, I can deal with it. You can deal with it. Kev. Yes. All right, wrap it up. Go. What do you think? Yeah, what's, what's the end? Sick fuck. What did you learn today, Kevin? I learned all about this shit. Other than talking to you last week, but holy fuck. Mm-hmm. Fucking sick people out there. There really I mean, are. That's not really news, is it? No. I think what's interesting is that I knew about this case. It's been publicized, publicly addressed several times. And I didn't and know Brandy, about it. Yeah, and you're a true crime fanatic and you I didn't know. know about and it. And I'm like, who is that? What are you talking about? I mean, at least with Anthony Sowell, we had, you know, there were other things going on culturally and they didn't want to address, you know, this problem in the community that Cleveland was having, right? right. It got overshadowed by a white girl drowning her baby. Exactly. Just stupid. And getting away with this, it. Yeah. This one is, again, a, a Caucasian crime and uh-huh. it was incredibly publicized. So I don't know how you missed it. I don't know. Because you've worked in the bakery. I have worked in the bakery. My family owned a bakery. So I thought it was really important to hit this case up. Yeah. This is the first one, though. Like, like, I think like when we're doing the cases, we're like, fucking PD. Fucking PD. 
fucking PD. Mm-hmm. But if you see how many problems that Flofi ran into or Officer Baker or or even Rothschild trying to file against all the, the defense and stuff like this, this is why these cases are so hard to prosecute and why police officers are like, I don't want to do the fucking paperwork for this. I'm not going to deal with it. Yeah, they're like, I don't want to deal with that. That's too much work for me. There's a lot of bureaucracy that goes on. It's bureaucratic bullshit. Yep. I always, I always have Futurama in my brain where the uh, Jamaican guy is singing the song about being a bureaucrat. That's, that literally was through my head the entire case. Kev, do you know what I'm talking about, Gina, the mm-hmm. song? How does the song go? Uh, you can find it on YouTube. He's like, I'm not singing that shit. I already sang once for you. I'm not doing it He again. sang twice. I meant this episode. Oh. Yeah. Kev can sing as much as he wants. That's fine. <laughs> it's better yeah, than I'm me good. singing. Okay, so we need we need to do the offensive dare thing. Not offensive dare. We're, we never do offensive dares. I apologize. Okay, my darling witches, it's time for your weekly non-offensive dare. You must be a Patreon to participate so you can earn points for your house. Each month, the house with the most points gets to vote on weekly non-offensive dares, topics of future episodes, and so much more. Each week, once you've gotten your dare, you must safely and creatively complete a post on social media so that we can see that you've done the task. You can tag us at Twitter at Macabre Academy, or you can tag us on Instagram at The Macabre Academy, and you must include a hashtag with your house name to obtain the points. The world is a fucked up place. These dares are designed to bring silliness and random acts of kindness into the world. You must safely complete your dare. If you are unsafe, your points will not be counted. You can also earn additional points for your house by being the first to submit episode corrections to us at themacabacademy at gmail.com. Also, if we use your ideas or stories in a future episode, more points may be awarded. Let's return to the podcast to see what your weekly non-offensive dare will be. Number 40. Wait, what did you pick? Number 40. You know, it's Kevin's turn. You picked last episode. I don't care. It's my turn again. All right, Kevin. It's her turn. Kevin doesn't care. All right, well, Yin's picked 43 on episode two, but episode 40 is acceptable i will accept it because there's only two dares on that page oh god you have a big gap between yeah, 55 and 94 huge gap okay so i'll pick bigger numbers next time well no next time if kev decides to come back after i just fucked with his mind for two hours three hours you know then it's his turn he's he's the guest okay so we're, are we talking about what are we talking about next Alyssa attorney yeah Okay, so if you want, like, fucked up missing people, come back. Yeah. Okay, not it's offense. fucked. I know it's fucked. And I'm glad I'm not researching it, because this one, this one was, was a bitch. I don't even need to do um, all the research. I know the case, like, the back of my hand. But I'm still going to research things for you. Well, that, that is going to mark a fifth of the way through our podcast journey. 
oh, so it has to be perfect. Yeah, that that because uh, this is episode eighteen and nineteen for Bob Baker. Episode twenty is literally one fifth of the way through the hundred episodes Look I promised that. my sister. Yeah. Okay. So non-offensive dare number 40 for our Patreons is to give someone some flowers. Random acts of kindness. Okay. I get real upset because I love flowers and nobody ever gives me flowers. So I put it on the list because that's a nice thing you can do for somebody. No one buys you flowers? No. The last time I got flowers was when I took a Huntington's test five years ago oh um i got a big uh calla lilies are my favorite but they're hard to find Mm -hmm. so i got a big bouquet of white lilies and they were sprinkled with like nutmeg or something they smelled so good and my husband had brought them to me because he knew what a big deal me getting that huntington's test was yeah my mother has that so the day i got the test done when they took my blood he brought me those flowers that's sweet. Yeah, but that's the last time I got flowers. Yeah, that's fucked. Yeah, um, his work sent me flowers when Evelyn was born. Oh, that's I got a nice. big bouquet from his job. But that, you know, so give somebody flowers, please, for me. <laughs> and I, th- I think this is a nice one, especially because it's summer, spring. You know. Oh, yeah. You can even give a potted plant. I think that counts. Totally count. There we go. We're done. We're done. I need some Animal Crossing after that, guys. I'm I'm just, I'm done. You're done? Yeah. And now I got to start going balls deep into uh, the Changeling case for Tara. So. Mm-hmm. Of course, I have a, like, 500-page book on it. You and your books. The audiobooks are hard because if you miss a word, you miss a word. It's so much easier to go back and read a textbook. But yeah. I can't read the text at work. So I like, I mix everything between audiobooks and physical books. Mm-hmm. So, like, I was, I listened to everything on audio at work while I'm making, you know, the baptism cake and the happy birthday grandma I was listening to. And he let her run and he hunted her down like, like a, yeah. like a, you know, like a deer. And, um, after he viciously raped her and then i'm like here's your cake grandma i hope you enjoy the yellow roses <laughs> and then i have to go home and listen to it a few times with headsets because i can't let evie listen to that oh yeah no too so then trying to write the hand write the notes and then type the notes so i wind up that's how and then i watch all these documentaries and i watch both of the movies for this so I mean, Nick Cage, my buddy Nick Cage, you know, king of overacting, actually, I think, did Fluffy some justice. I was I was pretty impressed with him on that one. Nice. But, yeah. Okay. We're done. Okay. We should, well, we got to find a better way to end this, because we don't have the weekly phobia. I feel like we need something. Maybe we should read Kev his horoscope for the week. Do you want to know your horoscope? Sure. Steph's got to find it. Oh, shit. Wait. Kev, what are what, you? What are you? Uh, Taurus, I think. When were you born? May 3rd. I think you're officially the first Taurus I know. 
Okay, horoscope.com, Taurus Daily Horoscope. Here we go. Okay, today is the 22nd, but it's giving me, I got to go to the 22nd tomorrow. Okay, overview. You should feel like a giant wrecking ball that's anxious to break down an existing structure. Perhaps you're upset about a new development in your town or the country's political system or the power structure within your home. <laughs> Regardless of the exact reason, you certainly you're you're certain that change needs to happen in order to make progress. Often one must tear down an existing tru- structure before they can build a better one. Interesting. That that was your horoscope. So what are you going to tear down? I'll figure it out. I laughed pretty hard when I read political system because I'm sure Kev could could get us with some whoppers on that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my degree is in political science. There you go. <laughs> There's also a horoscope for your love, career, money, and health. Nice. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm, I'm just good with yield overview for Kev. I'll take it. All right. So you have to let us know how accurate this was next week. I will let you know. Great. Let me know what you right. tear down. Uh, I got to tear some muffins out of a pan later. Does that count? Totally sure. counts. I mean, I could tear some muffins up. I'm good. All right. So we have to say goodbye because the episode cannot end without a proper departure acknowledgement. Okay, bye. All right, y'all. Catch you next week. Bye. All right, I'll take it. (laughs) See you guys. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Nerdy Witch in partnership with Sound Maiden. We want to thank all of our wonderful Patreons. For updates, please follow the Macabre Academy on Facebook. Remember to like, share, and listen exclusively on Buzzsprout. Soon, we'll be available wherever you listen to podcasts.